Hi there, ladies and gents. It's uh, Dan from Adventure More UK. Welcome to another episode of my podcast. Uh, today's special guest is a world record holder. He's also a former Welsh Rugby Union international and is also an, also an extreme endurance athlete. The man is Mr. Richard Parks. How are you, my friend? Hey, Dan. I'm good, mate. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm absolutely great. Um, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on. Um, like I said, I've said when we spoke on the phone, uh, without sound, sounding too sort of fanboyish, like obviously you're kind of someone I always, I look up to as a, an adventurer and as an explorer. Uh, so I, like I said, I really appreciate you coming on. It's an absolute pleasure. Oh, cheers, Dan. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me. It was really cool to catch up on the phone, and uh, you know, it's uh, it's good to finally get this in the diary. It's been uh, it's been a while us bouncing calls back and forth, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But obviously, like we say, we uh, obviously we're uh, kind of juggling personal and professional life. So it's, uh, it's we got there in the end, as we say. Um, so what? <laughs> so what I was going to say is, um, obviously, uh, as I mentioned in the beginning, uh, you're obviously a former Welsh rugby union international, um, which I quickly uh, want to talk about. So. Um, for people that don't know, because a lot of people who are into sort of adventure and things like that, and friends of mine that are into adventure, will obviously recognise you as being the you know the adventurer that you are. But obviously, before that, you were, as I say, you're a former international. So, if do you want to explain your kind of your career and credentials, if that's all right? Yeah, yeah, of course, Dan. I mean, I think uh, it it really does feel like a different life for me. You know, um, I. Uh, as you said, I was, you know, former former professional rugby player. Um, turned professional when when I left school um, and uh, and played professionally for, for thirteen years. Um, growing up in in Wales, um, you know, my 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 boyhood dream was to play for Wales. Um, and uh, um, sorry, yeah, you know, growing up in Wales, my uh, you, you know my my childhood dream was to play rugby for my country and. Uh, um i'm you know one of the privileged few one of the lucky few to, to to be able to to have done that but i uh um i played professionally for 13 years the bulk of my career was at upon a breathe my my birth club um where i won the power jane cup uh, and i got cap for wales from and then after that moved up north to leeds played rugby union up there and you know that was kind of like my second home for uh um for much of kind of my, my career, I, I loved my time in Yorkshire and uh, won the, the Power Jane Cup with with Leeds. Um, fortunate enough to have a spell in Perpignan in the south of France, and uh, I finished my career in in Newport uh, at the Gwent Dragons. And my career was was cut short through injury. I tore the cartilage out of my right shoulder, rendering it ultimately arthritic. And uh, you know it. it, it I look back on that period as, you know, arguably being a really powerful uh, time for me. But at, at the time, in the moment, it was the darkest period of my life, Dan. You know, I wasn't ready to retire from rugby. I, I, I didn't have the tools to transition from a professional athlete into kind of the real world. Um, and, you know... Um, fell into depression and 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 for me it, it was the darkest period of my life and um you know it, it 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 was the time when when i thought the darkest thoughts but it was 
it was the outdoors it was it was getting outside in the outdoors and 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 uh um that ultimately saved my life and 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 um for me you know at the time i was reading a book by by ran fines mad bad and dangerous to know and and that combined with a a sentence from my late grandmother's funeral which is the horizon is only the limit of my sight and those two kind of serendipitous things combined um to give me the courage and the inspiration so i guess just to channel my energies into something positive and and for that it was learning how to climb i'd never climbed a technical mountain at that point in my life i'd grown up outdoors camping riding motorbikes mountain biking but never anything technical and uh and what started as my way out of that dark hole um evolved through the people i met and the companies that I started working with um, into a project called the 737 Challenge and, and, and that was a world record project and uh, really that was the gateway or the door in, into the last decade of my life and it's funny you know because it I, I would never wish that period on anyone and, and even talking about it now it uh, you know it's painful but ironically it's probably the best thing that's ever happened to me because uh, I love what I do now and I'm a happier, healthier person for, for the outdoors and for um, the tools that I've learned the last 10 years. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I could completely agree. Like I said, I wish, when we spoke on the phone, like for the, for, you know, the first sort of 10 years nearly, well, eight, eight to 10 years of my adulthood was spent in the military. Mm-hmm. And obviously when I joined the military, I was like, that's me now. I'm, you know, I'm going to do my 22 years, and for me, coming back as I've, as we spoke about on the phone, like about having, you know, the same sort of thoughts and and demons. So, and that's why I like the fact that, you know, going from a so such a dark place and bad timing uh, in, on both of our sides, and using the outdoors and sport, etc. Uh, I feel uh, is something that is amazing and good for the good for the mind um now one thing i always say to people uh, especially children working with children now obviously what you've done is very extreme and obviously is very sort of a lot of planning and, and, and training and stuff like that but it doesn't mean that that's what you have to do you, you can go and do things like walking you know you can go and walk the dog you can go for a walk by yourself or you could go with your friends obviously depending on depending on what we, obviously the current situation we've got at the moment but i just feel being in the outdoors is a very good sort of uh coping mechanism for things like mental health um and again i've spoke to different people like people from ex-professional athletes like yourself to adventurers and to you know people in the medical profession and it's definitely a, a good coping method i feel um so going from obviously your professional rugby career and and first thing i just want to make uh, i just want to sort of say as well is um i I come from a a forwards background as well so i can appreciate that um obviously you were a back rower for most of your time weren't you am i right in saying yeah Um, yeah that's right i uh i've got these jazzy headphones that covers uh that covers the cauliflower ears uh (laughs) <laughs> yeah 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 so that's something i can again i can i can relate to as well uh, i i work my way into the front row then work back into the back row so I, I, i'm very quickly out can, of the front row Dan. <laughs> yeah yeah I, i'm too small to be to be in the front row uh but anyway yeah so going from sort of playing professional rugby and as you say being a proud welshman that you are 
obviously, uh, without stereotyping, you know, it's either farming, uh, farming, rugby, or singing. That's what, that's what I always <laughs> seem to think that that most most people from Wales do. But um, going from obviously your childhood dream of being a professional athlete or professional rugby player, and obviously having the, the injury that you had, and obviously being told that you can't play rugby ever again. What was the motivation going from that to wanting to do the things that again the seven three seven challenge, which we'll talk about in a second? Um. So, so listen, I I, I uh, we are absolutely on the same page with the you know the role that the outdoors can play on our well being, both physically and mentally. Um, it it it, it it's um. It's been a really tough 12 months for me without that freedom, um, and 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 you're right. It doesn't it doesn't have to be extreme. It is really just kind of the freedom of being in the wilderness and whatever the wilderness kind of means to you. But um, my, my you know I, I've always grown up in the outdoors. I, I I think one of the greatest gifts my parents gave me. Neither of them are are, are athletes as such, more uh, overly sporty, but they're both self-employed. They they both work hard. Have worked hard all their lives, and and we used to go camping regular. Um, I, you know, had a period of my life where where I was fortunate uh, to race motorbikes. So you know, most of my weekends, every Friday, I'd kind of nitch off school and load uh, load my mum's Volvo up with a whole bunch of gear and and camp on the side of a mountain with mum and dad, um, and come back on a Sunday night and 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 go back to school on Monday. So so I I guess that relationship has always been there, but. Um, like I said, I'd never climbed a technical mountain, and and um, <laughs> the psyche of a professional athlete, I think, is is it's really uh, is a real paradox because you know at that point in my life, I would have run through a brick wall if you'd asked me to. But equally, you know, that mentality was so fragile, and it was you know built on the foundation that you know I could do I. I my, my body was physically able to, to do that. And um, I think so much, so many of us, whether it's military sport, I don't know, teaching, banking, whatever, you, you know, if you want to be good at anything, you, you have to invest in that and, and throw your heart and soul into it. And for me, you know, it was how I defined myself. Um, I was Richard Parks, the rugby player. And um, when, when that was taken from me or when I perceived that was taken from me, you know, I, my world just fell apart. You know, I didn't know who I was. I didn't know my place in the world. I, I mean, I didn't know how I was going to, you know, pay the mortgage, all these kinds of things. And, you know, mountains at the time, reading Rand's book, I know he'd be the first to, you know, kind of um, maybe not define himself as, as a mountaineer, but hearing his stories of adventure, you know, of hardship, of perseverance, of, of, of the physical challenge, um, it really captivated me. And, and, I wanted to push my body. I guess part of me wanted to break it some more. You know, I was in a pretty dark place and mountains seemed the scariest thing I could think of. And, and you know, I needed that. I needed I needed the physical challenge as well as the, the mental challenge. And, and that that's what captivated me, really. I was, I'll be honest, I, you know, I didn't have a desire to run any marathons or, you know, enter an Ironman or any of that kind of stuff. I... You know, for me, I wanted to learn a new skill. I wanted to learn how to climb and 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 push myself physically and, and mentally. And I guess, in a warped way, it was my way of gaining control back over 
my life and, and my body and uh and and yeah and, and I, I you know what started off as you know a couple of couple of trips out and you know i remember i emailed a couple of companies and it, it was a company called called uh called jagged globe uh, based out of sheffield that you know replied to me and 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 within a few days i was in their office uh you know having a chat with them and the the um the managing director at the time simon lowe who's become a really good friend of mine now you know he spent about six months trying to talk me out of of everything that i wanted to do and and it was you know simon's way of I guess testing me, um, you know, making sure I kind of really wanted to do what I wanted to do, and uh, and sorry, and by saying that, you know, I didn't have any ambitions of, of a career, didn't have any knowledge of a world record that hadn't been attempted. I, I just I just wanted to push myself, and uh, and actually it was Simon who became a bit of a mentor, and you know, through that few months, I kind of learned of the seven summits and learned of you know this thing that existed out there and that sounded really cool. I'd always, you know, played open side wall, the number seven. So all these kind of weird, um, uh, serendipities kind of came together and, uh, and, you know, I realized I was, I was pretty good at it and uh, pretty good at performing at altitude and, you know, had, had enough defiance and enough humility to kind of perform well at altitude and in the mountains. And, uh, and yeah, I, I mean, the project evolved through people, through the people that I met into, you know the world first seven three seven challenge and uh, and uh, and yeah I mean you know as, as as much as I'm proud of 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 my achievement and the achievement of the team that was behind that project because it was a huge team project um, I feel really grateful you know really grateful just to to have had that opportunity and to met certain people at the right times in my life to you know to to be able to find something else that I was good at and I guess I. I've I've often talked about having a second career in professional sport because that that's kind of how I how I see it. I mean, it's a little bit more than that now. You're right. There's a lot of planning and preparation and new skills I've learned along the way. But um, but ultimately, ultimately, you know, my you know my body's my tool again, which is which is a real privilege. You know, to be able to earn a living doing what you love, whatever that is. It's uh, you know, I'd never take that for granted. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and I think that's something I, I've spoke a lot of people about. There, there may be certain things that you can't do because of certain aspects like physically or uh, academically that you might not be able to do, but you're, uh, eventually you will find something that you will want to do. And I, I read a saying somewhere, is, um, I think it was a guy called uh, Les Brown, who's a doctor in America, who said something along the lines of you shouldn't, be able, shouldn't get shouldn't need to be paid to do the job that you love it's obviously all done on you know the love of love of doing the job um so obviously you briefly went on to the 737 challenge and that's obviously a lot of the people in the adventure sort of industry would probably recognize you and know you from that so with that being said what to people who don't know what would you say in a, like an overview like a brief overview of what that is like what is it to people that don't know so um in 2011, I became the first person to climb the seven summits, which is, which are the highest mountain on each of the world's seven continents, and stand on the North and the South Pole in the same calendar year. Um, we completed the project in six months and 11 days. Um, the 
above the physical challenge the the project was uh also raising funds raising funds in aid of Marie Curie cancer care a charity that was very close to my heart and many people involved in the project and I'm very proud to say we raised just under 400 grand in aid of uh, in aid of Marie Curie cancer care um but uh you know we nobody had attempted it um or achieved it but the diversity of the team that I had looked at kind of the problems a little bit differently and and by um you know by planning for a fast descent of Denali and ultimately a relatively fast descent of Everest meant that you know I was able to to combine those two into into a very tight weather window and and uh and although I had some ups and downs along the way you know nothing's ever straightforward in the in the hills but uh but yeah, yeah. I, I was um you know a decade ago now was 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 you know came back home home successfully and uh you know it, that period of my life feels like you know a real uh it feels really cathartic. I mean, I, I uh, all of us involved in that project have become really good friends. Well, apart from one or two, you inevitably, <laughs> not everyone shares, you, you, you know, uh, the pressure that we're all under, that there were a couple of casualties, yeah. but, but, you know, 99% of us are really good friends. Uh, um, and we all still look at that period really fondly. Um, but, you know, it, it, it was, uh, it feels otherworldly other because, you know, I, I was just so, it, it was the only way out for me, you know, like, like, uh, of that dark place. Um, you know, I, I'd used all my life savings from my rugby career to, you know, to, to, to develop a lifetime of kind of skills and experiences in order to complete the project with the integrity that was important to me. I didn't want to be short roped up. I mean, I, my journey was learning how to climb. Um, and then my insurance policy for my injury went into the first part of that project. So, you know, I, uh, I, I just, I mean, I would, would never do that again. I mean, blinking heck. I mean, I was, I was really all in, in the true sense of the word. And I look yeah. back now and, you know, we, the, the, the kind of like everything was just on a knife edge for, for six months, you know, with weather windows, with, with, uh, um, conditions on the mountain like on Denali we you know me and my climbing partner my, my mate Matt Parks um you know we we hit that really late in the season it was really warm um I had a crevasse fall on there which was really really challenging um and then after all that um you know there was civil unrest with terrorism in in, in the Caucasus uh, region in, in Russia for Elbrus the last leg and you know the foreign office had uh had, had kind of you know, put a statement out that it was a, a no-go zone for, for, for British nationals. So we had to sneak in um, pretending to be Russian. And uh, there's not many people that look like me in Russia, Dan. And, and, uh, yeah. and, and you know, I mean, everything was just, I mean, you know, they're, they're, I worked hard. We all worked hard, you know. Um, I pride myself on that. But but there was a lot of lady luck along, along the way for, you know, to finish that successfully, fair play. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say you mentioned just before about obviously the crevasse, like uh, you know, the, the accident you had in Denali or at Denali. Um, I was going to ask you quickly about that just because for for people that don't know, it's basically obviously a crevasse is just basically a whole big opening in the ground, 
uh, which luckily for you, obviously you was it you still obviously because you're all roped up, aren't you? So is it, when when you fell in, you fell on like a little ledge, didn't you? Um, now obviously that could have been an absolute disaster. That, well, it, it, to put it to put it bluntly, that could have killed you, couldn't? Yeah. And yeah. I know you talk you talk to your parents about you know the the sort of risks involved with doing this. Um, and one thing that I, uh, I suppose happens quite, if you don't look, if, if, um, well, some of the injuries, sorry, that you could get, like, obviously you got frostbite, was it on around, was it on Everest or before yeah. Everest? Um, and obviously that nearly ended the, uh, the challenge. Um, so obviously I'm assuming by being around a good team of people, uh, is, obviously a good thing i know some people don't like being in a team like i've i've talked to people who prefer being by themselves because they don't like the fact that they have to worry about everyone else or naturally they will worry about everyone else um but when it comes to doing events or challenges that you've done in the past coming from your rugby background i'm assuming that being around a good team of people is probably a good thing like i'm the same like as i mentioned before being in the military and playing rugby um, I love being around other people. Is that something that you kind of love being a part of? Um, oh, I'm, 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 I'm really Jekyll and Hyde with this, Dan, because I, yeah, I, I do love being around people, and you know there is something really powerful about being the best that you can be, but being subservient to a, a greater goal, uh, a, a greater purpose, a team goal, a collective goal. And that that's very powerful. And all of my expeditions, whether it's the solo ones in Antarctica or the one we're talking about now, I, I try and build the projects around a collective goal, around, around and I assemble a team um, in order to kind of leverage that power because that's how I was raised. That's what I know from, you know, from rugby, from my family. Um, but there is a, but, you know, there is something really therapeutic um, about performing solo in, in wilderness environments. And I, I, I really, yeah. I thrive off both. I enjoy both. Um, I wouldn't want to pick one over the other. Um, I think the real sweet spot, it, you know, it, it, it is, it, it is, you know, assembling a team of, of you know, people with with similar similar character, um, similar values to you, and and you know, the, the small teams are, are you know, are are, are are probably, you know, the the the, the kind of sweet spot for, for for things that I've done. You know, on the seventy seven challenge, well, there are a couple of legs where we sold places for Marie Curie Cancer Care, but most of the legs, you know, I, I was part of a, a, a four or five man team and, and below. And some of the, some of the more difficult climbs that I planned for, uh, um, you know, it was just, it was just me and my climbing partner. And, and, and that, that was, you know, that, that, that worked really well, you know, I mean, there's, there's, it's six of one, six of one, six, six of one, half dozen of, of the other, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I can, I can, I can sort of understand that. Like, I, I'm very similar. Like, I do like the fact that 
you know, sort of having personal achievement uh, for myself, which makes, you know, some people might feel is um, sort of selfish, but at the same time, I do love working in a team uh, and mm. having, like you say, different char characters and, and personalities. Um, I just want to go on to now to your, as you mentioned just before, these the Antarctica uh, tre uh, trek. Um, again, like, I know that was kind of your not recent but obviously that was the big thing that i i kind of looked into uh that was obviously after the 737 challenge um i know you did it once did you, you did it once before and obviously unfortunately had kind of was it logistical problems with that which unfortunately made it unsuccessful and then you went back and did it and obviously it was successful is that my right in saying so um I've uh, I, I've I, I've got four solo expeditions in Antarctica under my belt now, Dan. Um, uh, yeah. Two have been successful, two have been unsuccessful. Um, both, well, actually, the, my first solo expedition was uh, was a mistake that 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 that, that ended that expedition. Um, after forty two days um, solo. Um, I uh, I found myself in a situation where where I was too weak to um, to move fast enough uh, to generate the body heat that I needed and and I was on the polar plateau at this point and you know the air is pretty thin up there it's just under three thousand meters and I was working harder than I should have been within my kind of threshold and 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 you know as you know as as you know we all know once you dip into the you know into into the red it's hard to come back and i took my face mask off to try and get more oxygen in just because i was really puffing and uh and froze the end of my nose a little bit of frost nip and and, and that ended that expedition uh 100 miles 100 kilometers from the pole um and i learned a hell of a lot we often learn more in failure than we do in, in, in victory <laughs> that, that old cliche yeah, but yeah. it's the truest thing um truest thing uh ever really um for me um and yeah and, and like you said I, I went back uh the year later and and i was filming a documentary series for channel five at the time and uh went back and and recorded um the british record first if i was the first welshman to ski solo and unsupported to the south pole and uh and missed the world record by uh by uh five days um but recorded the second fastest time um and actually, really, Antarctica has been the, um, it's been the itch. It's been my Moby Dick, if I'm be, being honest, Dan. Um, yeah. I, I fell in love with the continent the first moment I set foot on it, and it was the first leg of that 737 challenge. Um, you know, the, 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 it, it's, a, you know, the, the beauty and the hostility and the people that I've met down there, even, you know, on the way down there and, uh, it's just, um, yeah, it, it, it's it's a place that's absolutely captivated me. And, and, you know, living in the docks here in Cardiff, um, you know, learning of the pedigree that us Welsh have in Antarctica, you know, the fact that Captain Scott's ship and turnover set sail from Cardiff Bay and, um, you know, flew the, flew the flag, flew the Welsh flag as it, as it left, uh, left port. And obviously Taff Edgar Evans, you know, one of Scott's polo, polo party, and uh, also uh, the other Evans, Scott's second in command, um, 
yeah, it, uh, yeah, it, it actually captivated me for, for, for much of the last, uh, well, the last five, six years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I was going to say, so when you're not doing these expeditions, cause obviously a lot of this stuff is like I said, at the beginning is very extreme and obviously there'll be a lot of training that goes into that. And I'm sure, you know, you professional rugby career would have had a good foundation for the training that you do for these uh for these expeditions these challenges um what what do you do to chill out because you just say like and uh, there must be something that you enjoy doing like knitting do you enjoy knitting or anything like that (laughs) oh my gosh um i don't get a lot of chill time now we've uh joe my wife and i we've got a three-year-old and you know yeah, uh, this is a cliche, but you know we can all relate to it. The, uh, you know, this last year has, has been one of the toughest expeditions I've been on. Trying to, trying to imagine. Well, we're all yeah. managing uh, in a flat in uh, in, in the docks in Cardiff, but uh, um, I, I love being outside, Dan. I really do. I love yeah. I love mountain biking. Um, I love being in nature. Um, you know, some of the happiest periods I've had. The last, you know, few years of being camping with my son, obviously, and, and Joe, um, and 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 just 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 being outside, you know, I I love. Um, uh, we're renovating house at the moment, so, you know, if I'm not, you know, if I'm not in my kind of chinos and shirt with my corporate clients, if I'm not, you know, in my uh, in, in, in in my in, in my outdoor gear, you know, running or climbing, I'm I'm, I'm I've got my knee pads on and. You know, in in the uh, in, in the house, yeah. so I um, you know, I, I I just love. I love being outside, uh, and and like I said, seeing seeing my son, kind of grow up in the outdoors, and and you know, start to uh, start to really enjoy and thrive in the outdoors. I mean that that that's my, that's my nirvana. I'm I'm a bit of a coffee coffee fiend. I'm not a coffee snob. I'll drink anything, but I uh, yeah yeah, you know. Here in Wales at the moment, we're allowed to socialise outside now. So being able to catch up with mates, going for a walk in the park with a coffee, um, that's, they're, they're, they're happy times, mate. They're, they're good times for me. Yeah, yeah, mm. I can imagine. I can imagine. And mm. obviously, hopefully, here, obviously being in England, we, we'll get into that stage next couple of months. Hopefully, that'll be a good, that'll be a good thing to go out and socialise with your friends. Um, now, one thing I was going to say, obviously, we've, we've had a lot of time to have a think and, you know, maybe plan some certain things uh, for when everything can go to back to sort of relative normality. Um, is there anything you've got on your radar that you're able to sort of say, or obviously if it's something that's kind of completely off the radar, secret, then that's fine. <laughs> but is there anything you, you you've got you got planned that um, is there something you can tell? I'm sure. Th- 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 this is this is all. This always feels like a really weird. A weird answer and, and it's really not in my nature because I, I, I feel like a bit of a dickhead if i'm being honest but i i am planning something yeah, yeah. um i've been yeah, yeah. i've been in development now for uh, actually two years obviously i lost a year in covid um you know last year yeah. with covid sorry but um yeah it's been two i don't know two and a bit years in planning i'm i'm hoping to be able to launch it early next year um but it won't you know the the project will will probably be end of twenty two early twenty three, um, yeah. So it's a long way off yet, but uh, yeah, there are a couple of big milestones that we've reached 
recently with you know funding and possibly a broadcast partner so so I, 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 I tend to I tend to work on kind of one big project every three or four years whatever I mean this is not fixed in stone but it's just that kind of how my life has played out um, yeah and then you know but but I you know I, I, I can't just train for the sake of training I can't just go to the gym I don't know some of my mates go to the gym and they like that I you know I, I like to have a reason to get up in the morning and train or go for a run so I you know I, I'm yeah, yeah. I'd really like I've been trying to plan a trip down the Cambrian Way in Wales for, for quite a while you know it's not a it's not a, a record as such you know I not everything can be not everything has to be um but uh you know I, I worked on a project called Extreme Wales and again that wasn't my choice for the title it's you know it, it can it can press the right and the wrong buttons the word extreme but um but basically we yeah um i was working with a production company and for bbc we looked at some adventures here in wales and i was lucky enough to get two series of that you know from kayaking to mountain biking to para para motoring um yeah. and, and actually you know we we really take it well before covid dan we you know the royal we but i think it was fair to say that so many of us took for granted what we have on our doorstep um yeah. and, and and for me that changed really i mean really changed i always knew that obviously but you know it really changed making that that series and and i think you know covid has accelerated that um it's just amazing how much green space we have here in cardiff right because you know when you can't go yeah. far you know trying to find a park to go and play or kick a ball out in you know you you, you really scratch the surface and you, you know we we're blessed with with some great um some great outdoor space here in wales and obviously you know in england as well but where you're from up north derbyshire yorkshire is perfecting it's god's playground up there um yeah yeah um yeah, yeah. so yeah so I'd, I'd i'd really like to do something in wales when when i'm allowed if not and if not this summer next year um but yeah, the the big project will will you know will be a couple of years yet, but it, it's it's gaining momentum. So yeah, <laughs> didn't answer your question at all, mate. So a, com a complete a complete no no a complete rubbish answer. Sorry. <laughs> no no, so I I completely like understand. I know there's a lot of people who obviously I know you you know you got your sort of uh, like you saying about broadcasts kind of not riots as such, but obviously people keep things under wrap until it's got put onto screen and stuff like that. So I, I completely agree and I completely understand. So don't, don't, don't worry about that. It's not the first time and it's not, I'm sure it's not going to be the last. <laughs> um, I was going to ask you, so obviously I don't want to keep you too long. And I, I, obviously I just want to sort of keep it nice and quick for you, but um, there's obviously, like you said, this last year has been crap. It's been rubbish. Uh, a lot of people are struggling you know in all aspects of life financially mm. obviously mentally physically um if you could give them sort of like I don't, let's say a, a word of advice paragraph of, of, of advice uh just to sort of keep them keep their minds at rest and kind of keep them going and sort of keep positive as such um what, what, what would you say to those kind of people that are looking a bit down and in oh the um it's really it, it, it's hard, Dan, because until you've walked in someone's shoes, you 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 know, none of us can can speak to someone else's challenges. But it, it has been tough. It's been a, a shit 12, 13 months. You know, uh, 
for me, the darkest times came end of last year, early this year. Um, I lost a couple of family members and um, I just think it was just the uncertainty, you know, we, we kind of things started to lift in the summer, then they locked back down again. And then, you know, you know, business relationships, jobs started to fall through, you know, a lot of, a lot of my income comes from corporate work and, you know, corporate speaking and team yeah. building. So it, it, it just, uh, it, it was hard. It, it's hard. Um, and, uh, you know, but I think with, I think all of us can have line of sight now to the end. And it, 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 it it's not, you know, it, it, it's difficult for me to kind of, it's not in my nature to try and give advice, but at the I, I'm put, I'm spending a lot of effort at the moment trying to um, really recognize and feel grateful for the moments of happiness and the joy that I felt the last 12 months because it has been tough and it has been shit but actually there have been moments throughout that have been real blessings you know time with my family you know the the, the time with my son you know, I spent the last, the first two Christmases of his life in Antarctica. So this last Christmas was my first Christmas at home with him. Um, and, and, and it was magical, you know, and, and the routines that, that you know, that, that we've created in lockdown, like, you know, cycling to the park and feeding the ducks in the morning. Um, these are things I, I wouldn't have done pre-lockdown. I'll be honest, you know, you're so caught, we're all caught up in the rat race, you know, get up, get breakfast, get, you know, get to get into nursery, uh, you know, get to work. And, and I, I've been really focusing the last, the last few weeks on, like I said, recognizing the things that have brought me a lot of pleasure this last year so that I can protect them when, when things, when things go back to the new normal or when things go to the new normal. And I guess just, just, that mindset has really helped me see the last year as an opportunity for growth as opposed to the kind of purgatory and that uh, it has been. And I think, you know, it, it, you know, if we can, or by flipping my mindset to, you know, not just writing it off, it's been a crappier writer off, you know, ignore about it actually by, by learning and growing from last year, uh, and recognizing those opportunities, I, I, I'm already feeling a lot more optimistic about about what's to come, uh, and and it's actually changed, yeah. you know, or it's changing my perception of of what we've been through. So it, I guess it's not direct advice. It, it's hard for me to do that, but I guess it's sharing my thought process and in the hope that it might resonate with with, yeah. with you know some of the listeners and some of the, some of the viewers. Yeah, yeah, no, I I I, I, I agree. I get that. Um... There's a, there's a saying I use a lot with the children, and uh, it's actually uh, a quote from uh, someone you potentially, I don't know if you did play against them, but it used to Van der Vestazen. Okay, yeah. No, I never if played you, against him, but uh, yeah, yeah, no abuse, yeah. No, uh, but it was, it was, life is measured by, sorry, life is not measured by years lived, but by memories created, um, which I think is a great quote. It's mega, um, that is, yeah. You know, and that's something, something I kind of just want to leave it at, at that and, and, like I said, say thanks for uh, being on, buddy. It's been absolutely great chatting to you, and I appreciate you taking the time. Um, last thing is, if people want to sort of keep an eye on what you're doing and 
you know, look, you know, and see all the amazing things you've got planned in the future. What what's the best place to sort of keep in touch or keep an eye on what you're doing? Cheers, Dan. Um, so um, I, I'm not as active on social as I have been. Um, one of my coping mechanisms for my mental health the last year has been a step away from it. If I'm being really honest. Um, okay. But uh, but I am I am still active, just not as active as I used to be on. Uh, at Richard Parks, you know, Insta, Twitter, um, my website is richardparks.co.uk. Um, yeah. And, you know, as, as, you know, as we all kind of emerge, uh, I'm sure uh, um, I'll be a bit more active, but, um, but listen, it's been really cool talking with you. I, I could, you know, I could sit and talk to you for, 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 for hours. I, I think, um, you know, I really enjoyed yeah. our phone call before this. So, uh, I hope this isn't the end of, of our friendship and I hope our paths crossed again and power to you and what you do too, mate. Um, it's been lovely to get to know oh, you too. Absolutely. No, I, pre- I, I genu- genuinely appreciate that. And I said, as I said before, I don't want to sound sort of fanboyish, but obviously someone I look up to, you know, in the adventure world, I, I think you're amazing. Uh, just one quick thing I just want to say is I actually look back at a post I put out probably two years ago now mm. and had, uh, I remember People were doing like their top nine photos of the year, okay. having it on Instagram. It was yeah. like a little square thing. Yeah. And I, I actually did a thing where I was trying to like make something kind of, vi- not viral as such, but someone do the same where they put their top nine most influential people that they look up to. And obviously you were on there. Oh, um, thanks, Dan. Something that, I, yeah, no, I, I, like awesome. I, said, I appreciate it. And again, I, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, I just want to say thanks for everyone listening. Uh, it's been an absolute uh, pleasure to do this um and there is bigger and better things coming uh, i am i've got a couple of things i'll probably talk to you afterwards about which is going to be involving somewhere in wales uh so hopefully awesome. uh, people can keep an eye on that so like i said thank you very much rich it's been an absolute pleasure it's been great to chat to you um and like i said if i don't catch you soon then i'll catch you on the flip side yeah